Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural pitfalls and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters Podcast on international business. We help you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences, helping you develop your cultural competence. Here's your host, Chris Smith. Hello and welcome to the Culture Matters podcast. Recording date is October 9, uh, 2015 and it's a sunny afternoon here in Brussels where, our, where I am recording this. Today's topic of the content podcast, uh, the Culture Matters podcast, is how to explain culture to kids. I've written an article about this um, earlier sometime back. It's about a year ago, actually, and I thought maybe to highlight this again, because I uh, also got some really nice uh, and and sweet responses to this as well. So um, this happened about a year ago when I received an email from Microsoft, the Microsoft Innovation Office in Brussels in Belgium. They asked me if I could actually assist them in explaining cultural differences to a group of children from several European countries. Well, um, it didn't take me long to actually say yes to this, so that's what I did. I said yes, and it turned out to be one of the um, biggest challenges I, I had ever done since a very, very long time. Because talking to kids is something totally different than talking to adults. At least that's something that I found out later. So hopefully in this uh, podcast you will find some um, say entertaining, uh, enlightening, uh, but also to maybe some insightful ideas. Or at least um, I want to share with you the approach that I have had or I had towards um, explaining cultural differences and cultural diversity to a group of children. Okay. <clears throat> well... So this is more or less how it uh, how the whole situation went. What Microsoft did was the following. They were actually bringing together a group of children between the age more or less between 6, that being the youngest one, and 16 being the oldest one, from a number of different European countries. Um, countries were Belgium, the United, uh, uh, not the United States, but the UK, the United Kingdom, Greece, Estonia, Lettland, Finland, and Norway. So Belgium, uh, UK, Greece, Estonia, Lettland, Finland, and Norway. And um, the reason that they were doing this, to bringing these people or these kids together rather, was that Microsoft has developed, and you might have heard of this, a coding platform called Kodu. That's K-O-D-U, Kodu. And in each country, there had already been a competition in these countries that I've just mentioned. And the kids coming to Brussels were the winners of their respective country. So, Norway brought two children, while the UK had the biggest delegation with about seven kids being present there. And each country also um, had two teachers who would actually, who would be able to translate stuff and, and guides, typically more the younger one, the younger kids, um, during their time in Brussels and also, of course, at the, uh, at the day that they spent at the, the Microsoft office in the capital of Belgium. Um, all except the Belgian delegates, of course, were flown into uh, Brussels at the expense of Microsoft to do their final competition for the Sodu Kodu Cup. And Kodu is, again, like I said, K-O-D-U, and Cup is spelled K-U-P, just like you phonetically would uh, say it as well. Um, and, of course, they would, um, they would also be taken around for a, a tourist tour of the uh, city of Belgium, not to the famous cafes, but definitely to the um, uh, the big square or the Grand Place, 
And possibly also they were taken to so-called Monica Piss, which is the peeing little man, which has uh, made Belgium at least or Brussels world famous in um, uh, in uh, and around the Belgium. Okay, <coughs> excuse me. So you know, um, at first, so I need to pre- needed to prepare for this for this whole uh, thing, and I had only what is it like two hours or something with them, so I didn't have that much time. So two hours was my time slot that I was going to spend with these kids. And at first, when they approached me, when Microsoft approached me, I figured, okay, well, this, how hard can this be? You know, I've got kids myself, and um, I'm a father, I have kids myself, and, and I, I know kids, quote-unquote, I'm making air quotes here. And by the way, my kids are um, uh, 23, 20, almost 21, and 11 by the time you're listening to this. So I figured I have some decent experience. Typically, the younger one, the 11-year-old, is sort of in the middle of the 6 to 16 range that I would face at Microsoft. So I figured, you know, this can be difficult. Um, nonetheless, when I started thinking about a couple of things here, is that first and foremost, um, I was struggling with the, the language. I mean, I wasn't struggling with the language, but I figured maybe that these kids would be struggling with the language. Because even though the biggest delegation was from the UK, there are other countries present that might not be uh, speaking English that well. Typically, kids who were in the younger age range. But then again, um, I got back in touch with Microsoft and they secured me. They uh, assured me as well that language would not be a problem because these teachers being present, they would actually function as a as translators as well. Um, other than guides as well, but also translators, if and when necessary, if something had to be translated. So, but then you know, what what do you do with um, with with kids? The other challenges also remain there as well. So, I didn't want to bombard these kids with a, a, a death by PowerPoint as I normally do when I do my presentations. I, I use a lot of slides when I do my presentations for adults. That is. And uh, I, I believe in the principle death by PowerPoint. Well, so to speak, it has to be functional, of course. But I didn't, didn't want to um, approach these kits from or approach the topic from a theoretical, only theoretical base. So I actually came up with the idea of playing a game with the kids, a cultural game. And a cultural game that I picked is, um, was Barnga. You can look that up. If you Google that Barnga, then you will find that it's, it is a so-called cultural simulation where one of the uh, primary rules there was that, or with Barnga is, that when you are actually playing the game, there is no talking. And the, the game, the playing the game itself takes about 30 minutes. So that would solve to some extent the issue I would have or I had with the language. And it would actually keep these kids doing something and it would contribute to their better understanding of cultural differences. Okay. Now, um, in addition, what I did, I had prepared a, um, a, a short presentation, and a short presentation in terms of you know um, putting some cultures here, introducing myself first of all, uh, introducing a number of culture, and then the phenomenon of cultural differences through predominantly stereotypes, using stereotypes to actually make a difference between one culture and the other, because the 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 other stuff or or challenge that I had is that my language, the language that I use when I do my presentation is so different when I talk to adults, um, I figured at least, you know, I, I talk to adults in a in a business language um, or business English and how do you how do you explain this to kids? How do you explain abstract concepts to children? <clears throat> Again, excuse me for this. So that was a struggle. So rather than 
testing it out on my target group of the Microsoft kids that came to Brussels, I figured I have an 11-year-old kid. Her name is Emily, and she goes to school. And um, I figured, why not go to the school director and ask if I can actually try out what I'm going to do for Microsoft with a couple of classes there? So we had a discussion, and I explained this to the uh, the school director where my, my daughter, where Emily goes to school. And she actually th- thought it was actually a nice idea. It was a creative idea. And then she said, you know, why don't you take, um, what is it, the um, fifth grade and sixth grade, something like that. They were somewhat on the younger side there. Mm. So I made my presentation, and I had to make it for one in Dutch because the, the, my, my daughter goes to a Dutch school. And of course, for Microsoft, I had to make it in English. So I had two presentations. So I took my Dutch presentation, went to the school, set up all the beamer, the beamer and stuff, prepared, and then all these kids walked in. All these, and it was, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. I think um, the, these kids walked in, and they know me from seeing me on this on the the, the, the school square um, every now and then when I come and pick up my daughter or drop her off for school. So they figured, like, you're the dad of whom? You're the dad? Ah, you're ah, you're the dad of Emily. Yeah, we know Emily, so now we know you as well. So what are we here to do? Well, I said, we're going to play a game. Oh, that was already good. So they, everybody uh, turned out to be my friend. So I actually, I, I did what I had to do in terms of my introduction. And then I started playing the game. And that worked decently well. I had some help from the teachers that were there that didn't know what was going on either. I mean, to the extent that they didn't know the game, they knew that I was coming, of course, and they would uh, be to uh, they would be my assistants while I played this game. The biggest challenge that I faced here, of course, wasn't language because all these kids would be uh, speaking native Dutch language, which is my native language as well. The biggest challenge was actually trying to keep them quiet. Because the uh, the game stand or falls with the fact that whether people are talking or not talking. And you're not allowed to talk with this barn card game. And if you do, it's it just goes to pieces. Because it just does, without explaining what the game is about here and now. So keeping these kids quiet was quite a challenge. But in the end, that, that worked. Um, I was able to uh, yeah, contain, um, for lack of a better word, how these kids... The, the Dutch kids or the Belgian kids I, I should say the Dutch speaking kids how they did and then followed the debrief and I never really realized how do you do a debrief of a cultural simulation that they understood they understood the card game um, but how do you do a debrief of something which is so abstract again like culture so I, I tried my best to make a to pull up or to come together or to to get to come to a analogy between what's happening in the in the card game and the analogy um, when it comes to culture, and at the at the total end, I just I, I, the wrap up I I couldn't close it properly. I couldn't. I just did not have the words or the capacity, the capability of of explaining this to kids. Um, around the age of five, six year olds, or something like that. I guess that's how old the uh, these kids must have been. Of fifty four kids, I had in total. I had five teachers to help me. So at the end, I eventually said, "Okay, kids, this is it." So it was. It went like a. It was a dead end street in a way, and it it abruptly stopped in a way where I said, "Like I, I can't just. I just can't explain this anymore." And I was very happy 
um, that uh, on one side I was sad that I couldn't round it up really nicely the way I wanted. On the other hand, I was really happy that I tried this out before actually doing this live quote-unquote for these kids at Microsoft because that would have been a fiasco at that moment. So um, but what, I, what we did afterwards with the teachers, we sort of did a debrief and they gave me some, some tips and some advice on, on how, how to actually come to a, a closure of the exercise in such a way that these kids would walk away with at least a bit of an understanding, okay, so this is what we're talking about when it comes to cultural differences. Hmm. Okay, now... Um, getting to or moving on to the actual event. The actual event event took place in Microsoft's, like I said, Microsoft Innovation Center in Brussels in Belgium. And as I said um, before, or maybe I haven't said that before, but there were 28 people in total. Um, and 28 in total were the kids in also and the teachers as well. Now, the... Um, the teachers. Let me just. I'm just looking at the at the uh, the image here uh, that I uh, that I took just to recall what the talk was about. But the teachers were also allowed to uh, to play with this this game as well. The first thing that I noticed was that most of the students of these kids actually they spoke real English really well. So that was a that was a good relief, and that was promising as well. So I started doing my introduction of myself. Who am I? Who are you talking to? And I, I came in jeans, sort of dressed down as well to be more in the level of, of these kids and not, not in a corporate suit as I would normally do. Um, so that's, that's what I, how I started this thing. And, and I, I told you before earlier in the podcast that the introduction I thought would make sense was working with stereotypes and the cutest thing really happened there where I um, I asked some stereotypes about, say, the Belgians that they would know and they would come up with beer and something like that. And this, this little peeing man in Brussels, a little statue that's uh, the peeing man in Brussels, they would come up with other things, the French fries, which are actually Belgian. They would come up with those things as well. And then I moved on and asked them about some stereotypes about the Italians. It's It's an exercise I tend to do a lot with adults as well. And adults can easily do this, but even at a level of this age, uh, say six to sixteen, but even the younger ones, they could come up with these with these stereotypes, and they would see and they would understand what these stereotypes were. It's it was felt kind of amazing as well that these kids had the capacity to distinguish one culture from the other uh, when it comes to stereotypes and. Um, I can remember a very young Finnish girl, I think she was, a Finnish girl, and I think she must have been in the in the, the younger age range, so maybe she was six or seven or eight or something like that, and I asked her, what, so what do you know, if, if I say Italian, so, so what do you think, well, people come up with, with pizza and pasta and stuff like that, all the usual stereotypes, and then she said, this young girl from Finland, she said, um, romance or romantic as well. And everybody looked at her and she started blushing. And I, I just, I couldn't suppress a smile. This was so sweet. She had the, the image, this, the stereotype, if you want to, the image of Italians being romantic. They are just romantic. Well, there you go. That's a compliment towards the, uh, the Italians. Um, so we, we did play the card game in the end. And with the, uh, the kids... As such, then it's uh, the, the, the wrap-up went a lot smoother than with the, the, the trial group that I did in my daughter's school. I was much better to, um, I say, come to a better closure. And that was predominantly due to the fact that these kids were one or two years older. So 
these kids, kids, the youngest, there was maybe one that was six year old and the rest was seven, eight, nine, ten, and older, etc. So in, in the learnings I got from this one, apart from that, it's, it's, um, it's an enormous challenge that you need to prepare this really well and ideally practice this as well on a group of children if you've never done this before. Um, the stuff that I got out of this is that even kids as, as young as the, as the age, age of 10 or something like that, they, they can understand from, say, from 10 years up, they can understand what cultural differences are. That doesn't make them judgmental, but they understand, they somehow see that there is, there is a difference between you and them, so to speak. So under the age of 10, explaining something as, as abstract as it is, as culture is, cultural differences tends to be very difficult younger kids the younger younger ones they just don't see the difference or they don't see the differences yet uh, cultural differences that's it um so, uh, on that so my suggestion is is if, if you ever work with kids um and you need to explain culture to them or abstract concepts like this, then I would say make sure that they're at least 10 years 10 years or up 10 years or older um also, the learning I got from this doing working with Microsoft here was to keep the groups small. If you want to achieve anything, it makes good sense to stick with smaller groups. Say um, about twenty-five, I would say, is being the maximum. Because controlling my my trial group, if I if you want, in my um, my daughter's school, there were fifty-four kids. That was quite a lot. It was just too much to handle. Typically, these younger kids. These were these were the younger kids. So it's hard to control that um, them typically if or especially if the uh, the game hinges on the fact that people are not allowed to talk okay so it's easier to manage the smaller group and there's a there's also of course mere uh, more opportunity and possibility of a dialogue between the kids and and yourself or there was in my case at least Again, playing a game is a very good way of explaining this. Using Baringa um, was a um, uh, was a, a lucky shot in a way because it wouldn't have worked. It would not have worked with with PowerPoint slides or how do you say conventional theory. It just it, it, I think I would I got stranded much earlier in the process as well. Also, don't underestimate children. Um, it's a point that I learned for sure. This might be. Slightly in contrast with the first point in terms of, you know, not working with kids under the age of 10. But kids 10 and up already have a very good grasp of what's going on in the world. And I, I always, um, so I'm surprised by my own daughter, my youngest daughter, Emily, who is always, who always tends to be one step ahead of where I think that she is. So she always is a step further, and I thought, well, I'm, I'm usually often surprised when she mentions something, and I thought, and then I think, well, huh, I didn't know you knew that already. So she, kids are usually more, at least one or two steps ahead than you think as a parent that they are. Um, also, the uh, the other thing, and that's that's what I where I want to wrap it up with as well. Don't go over an hour and a half duration when it comes to working with uh, with children, say ten and up, and trying to explain abstract stuff like uh, like culture. I find that older kids do have somewhat of a longer span of atten- attention. Also, of course, if you play a game that is uh, that's entertaining, their attention span seems to be somewhat longer. But they have eventually you have they have to sit still and they have to consume some sort of theory because you have to sort of get confined or, or how to say wrap stuff up and 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 
come to a conclusion. And for that, they need to be able to pay attention. So an hour and a half, two hours would, um, would for me, be the maximum. Otherwise, there's a good chance that you would lose them. And that would be a waste, of course, as well. Well, there you have it. That's my experience in working with uh, with children. If ever there comes another chance, an opportunity to work with children and talk about diversity, I would definitely pick it up because it's uh, it's it's really great fun. They um, sometimes adults, you know, they can be hostile, quote unquote. Again, these air quotes. Um, or, or um, adults tend to be able to or want to sometimes test you like do you really know what you're talking about and kids just don't have this they look at you and they say okay well let's see what's coming and if you're playing a game oh, okay all the better and we'll play along and we'll see how it goes and they are there are there's no yeah there are no restrictions with these kids so um and typically, if you're if you're being rewarded with a, a comment like the Finnish girl said about the Italians being romantic, you know that's that you can't beat that. Really, no adult can beat that. All right, that's it for this week's episode, the Culture Matters podcast. I hope you enjoyed my short explanation and um, sharing my experience in working with kids. If you do like the Culture Matters podcast, I hope you do. Then um, there are a couple of things you can do. You can go to the website and leave a comment on this podcast. You can go to iTunes and leave a review and a rating, or and or you can all these do all these things as well. If you have a, a topic you would like me to talk about, why don't you um, send in a suggestion? Uh, there are several ways to get in touch with me. Simplest way is to go to the website culturematters.com. And if you listen to this in the car, if you're mowing the lawn, if you're in the gym, etc., tie a knot in something. Um, so you won't forget to do uh, all the things that I've asked, or at least one of these things. I'd really appreciate that. Thanks again. I'll be back next week with another interview podcast. Until that time, take care and talk to you soon. Bye. That's it for this episode. The Culture Matters Podcast, helping you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences.